Welcome back, everybody. It's another week of the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller, joined always by Abigail Ochoa, our high school sports reporter here at the Eagle. We've got a lot to get to today. We're looking back last week at an overtime thriller between A&M Consolidated and Rudder. We're looking ahead to College Station's big season finale against Magnolia West and what the playoffs hold for the Cougars. We'll be joined by Scott Clendenin, the voice of the Cougars, for that. And then we've got a new guest. We've got Tommy Davis uh, out of Madisonville. He is going to preview the Franklin Buffalo 3A Division II Region 3 Final, which Abigail will be at Friday night in Waco. That's a lot, Abigail. I've said a lot. Abigail, you can say hello. Say hello to people. (laughs) Yes, hello. Um, Yeah, I I was jealous of everybody who was covering a game last week, um, but I'm glad I was able to to design for the first time this week um, the paper. But, yeah, we got some big games to talk about. Obviously, this week um, I'm getting out to Waco. Um, I was out there last season around this time. Um, It should be a good one again. Franklin and Buffalo, and they have some history there. But yeah, pretty excited to be talking to everybody. We're getting a couple new people in um, this week. So um, hopefully everybody enjoys that. For sure. Well, before we get to the big games this week, let's look at the big game that we dissected like crazy last week. And it lived up to the hype. A&M consolidated. They beat the Rudder Rangers 24 to 21, an overtime thriller at Merrill Green Stadium. Who other than Sutton Lake with the 22-yard field goal in overtime to win it? Uh, That is a crushing loss for the Rudder Rangers, who fought back valiantly. But the Tigers, they were just just too much, Abigail. Yeah, you know, um, looking at – if you kind of just look at this game from, like, a bird's-eye view a little bit, Rudder did almost everything that we told them – or we talked about last week for them to do to win. Um, But Kinsaw here, you know – it was Lake that made the difference. He scored um, a, a couple of their touchdowns. He had that field goal at the end, which we know he's been a consistent hitter or kicker, um, not a hitter, not volleyball, but um, kicker um, this season. So um, I, that really was the difference, like you mentioned earlier. Um, but Rudder, again, I mean, they did it. Their defense stepped up. Um, they sacked uh, Kyle Willis four times, which we wanted them to do. We said that that was going to be a big thing for them. Um, now, also, you know, kudos to Gonzalo because this was one of the first times where we've seen their offense get pressured like this, where you have, you know, Willis going down, you have loss of yards, stuff like that. Um, and they really came back and, and fought through that, too. So both teams really did everything that they could have done, I think, to win this game. Rudder obviously came back at the end. Um, Izar had that game-time touchdown um, that, that Rudder ended up getting – off of a fumble from Gonsal. So um, I think it, it was really, um, I'm sure everybody in that stadium was holding their breath at the end there. Um, you know, Rudder did, did it win the toss in overtime and then they went three and out. So it, it's hard because, it, it, you know, I feel like both teams did everything that they could do. And Gonsal obviously came out with the wind here, which is big for them too. Um, Rudder just unfortunately, um, will make the playoffs this season, um, but they really had a great season, I think, to build off of. 
For sure. You know, we, we've said it all along that we thought this was going to be the year that Rudder finally made the playoffs. And unfortunately for them, here we are the last week of the season and they're, they're, they're out of the race. You know, how disappointing is it kind of, especially given the talent that they have, particularly on offense? Yeah, you know, um, we talked about it a lot earlier in the season. Um, they looked really good in non-district. Um, you know, their district is not really easy either. You know, we talked about Huntsville was obviously going to be a big uh, test for them. Consol, um, it, we just didn't expect there to be a little trouble with those Montgomery schools a little bit, and there was. So um, I think that maybe really um, veered them off the path. But they really have some – I mean, we've talked about it all season. They have some great talent. Good news for them, they're getting Ezar back. They get a couple of those – um, receivers back as well next year because they're only juniors. Um, they do lose a big one in Keith Ron Lee, who, um, as we know, has been really consistent. He can do everything for them. He um, has a lot of offers right now um, to play in college, which, which was his goal. So pretty proud of him for that. But, um, you know, I'm sure it's disappointing for them to, to kind of not be able to go even to buy district um, or even further this season. But um, they will get some talent back, which is good news for them. So, For sure. And Rudder, they, they closed the season this week at Lamar Consolidated. I, I would expect the Rangers to win this one. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what they, what they put out on Friday, knowing that this is it. You know, you, you hope that they go out and play well one last time, but I'm sure they're – it, there's a little lot there's a little lost sense of hope and joy you know Rudder's whole thing was they had something to prove and unfortunately they just they weren't able to get it done yeah you know um uh, yeah you mentioned like last year obviously they played Huntsville to end this regular season they were fighting for a spot at that point um and, and they did you know try to come back there at the end um, but weren't able to this time around they're not really fighting for anything other than I would think the seniors. I mean, um, if I was a guy on that field, I'd be wanting to get, you know, Lee a final win or, you know, uh, uh, is Dials is a, is a senior? Mm -hmm. Okay, Dials. You know, big guys like that who have done things for you all season, all, all four years, really, um, I'd be playing for them. And I think that, that hopefully that's what they're going to do this Friday against Lamar Consolidated. Obviously, Consol shut, shut them out. Um, uh, a few weeks ago, they won, you know, I think it was 51 to zero. Um, Rudder, I think, is going to give them a hard time again this this um, week. But um, if I were them, I'd, I'd be wanting to play for those, getting those seniors one last win um, in that Rudder uniform. For sure. And before we move on, I want to look at AM Consolidated for a second because it AM Consolidated, their regular season's over. They finished eight and two overall, four and two in District 10, 5A Division 2, I just pulled up the district standings, and it, it's a little uncertain where Consol's going to finish. Right now, they're in second place. They're not going to finish in second place because Montgomery and Montgomery Lake Creek are playing this week, and both of them hold a tie-breaking win over Consol. Mm -hmm. So by my math, Montgomery, if they win, would finish 4-2, and two. Or no, they finish five and one, and Consol would be third. Lake Creek would be three and three. But if Lake Creek won, then all three teams would be four and two, 
and Consol would then be fourth. So, you know, if you're A&M Consolidated, you pro- I, I haven't looked at the brackets, but, you know, obviously you're going to be going on the road that first week in the playoffs, but you definitely probably want to be that number three seed. Yeah, for sure. I get this week they're probably it's just a waiting game for them. Yeah. <laughs> to see who wins on Friday um, and see where they're left at. Um, obviously, it's not ideal to to kind of go on the road for play, especially the first round of playoffs. You always want to be the host team because um, it's such a big game. But um, yeah, you know, Consol has has had their troubles, like we mentioned. Uh, you know, Rudder had their troubles this season. Consol has also had their troubles too. They've just been able to come out with um, some more wins here and there because of their defense, their strong defense um, and the fact that they do have a strong running game with Lake there and Wilson. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously not ideal, um, but those Montgomery teams really gave um, – really made the difference for Katsal and Rudder this season, um, and they're going to continue to do that for the Tigers um, depending on who wins this game on Friday. For sure. Well, moving along – Five area teams were eliminated from the playoffs in classes 4A to 1A last week. There were only six teams left, and just about every one of them lost. Uh, Navasota, they fell. Lexington, they fell. Norman G and Snook, their historic seasons ended. And Calvert, they just weren't able to get past their playoff rival, Richland Springs. I mean, it, it was a tough third round for the Brazos Valley, Abigail. It was. I mean, the first couple rounds we saw maybe like one team, maybe two go down um, each week. This week, uh, we had quite a lot. Um, obviously, only Franklin um, is left. And then you also count the, you know, Allen Academy and St. Joseph, who are also in, in playoffs right now. So, um, yeah, a lot of teams went down. Um, I guess we can maybe just quick hit hitters real quick, talk about each game a little bit. Um, I'll start with Navasota. Obviously, um, you know, turnovers and interceptions really got them this week. Um, we talked about it last week that Jamar Jesse was um, questionable. We didn't, weren't sure if he was going to play because of his shoulder that he hurt um, in the round before. Um, I understand that he did play a little bit. Um, I, I don't know how mobile he was or, or stuff like that, but with the so- shoulder, um, I'm sure it got to him a little bit. Um, and it seemed like, um, you know, they were able to really – Navarro was really able to take advantage of that. Um, But I think on the bright side, looking ahead for Navasota, maybe next year, they still have Freer, who um, seems to be the guy that may come in and make their rush game that much more special um, since they won't have Jesse. But um, I would look out for him. He ran for over 100 yards this this week. He had about 220 last week. Um, And and so he's kind of the bright spot, I think, when you're looking forward. Um, but again, Navasota just got – they had an interception on the first possession, you know, and then they were able, they were unable to score when they were in the red zone, which we haven't seen from them this season. But Navarro really gave them a run for their money. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, Navarro also – they didn't complete a pass all night. Um, so they ran. They ran the whole time. And Navasota had a hard time stopping Rockport Fulton last week in their run game. Um, so, so no surprises there, but, um, but yeah, that was fair. I think is the guy for them maybe in coming seasons. For sure. You know, Lexington, it, it was different games, same story. They just weren't 
they weren't able to stop Franklin and they weren't able to finish, you know, the turnovers weren't there this time, but they couldn't finish drives. Um, Lexington went for it five times on fourth down and I don't, they didn't get a single one. And that really helped Franklin build a big lead. Those momentum swings were big. Um, you know, you talk to coach mole after the game and he said it like you're in the playoffs. Like you got, you got to make those plays. And unfortunately for Lexington, they just weren't, but you know, if, if there's anything that came from this season, we've found a star in the Brazos Valley, Jared Kerr. I mean, that was my first time getting to watch him in person, and he flies around the field. Um, defense, he plays at safety. He's always there making a play on the ball at the end of the play. Even if it's not him making the tackle, he's there. You know, on offense, they use him in a variety of ways. They used him uh, direct snap, kind of a wildcat quarterback. He plays running back. They throw him the football. I mean, he, the, the team works, works around him a lot of times. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here, just being a sophomore. But he's a, he's a budding star, so that, that's exciting that uh, Lexington's got a guy that they can lean on these next couple years. You know, we, we look at Norman Jean Snook, and we saw last week, Hearn, they got stunned by Beckville, and this time it was Norman G's turn. Uh, it sounded like Mason Hardy left the game with a concussion and Isaiah Jones moved to quarterback. And in the second half, they, they tried, they tried throwing the ball a little more instead of running it. And it just, it just didn't work. And, uh, Jones just couldn't do it all. And, you know, for Snook, they had a tall order against Cristobal and they just couldn't pull up the upset, but man, Abigail, you look at those two teams, how, how, how historic of seasons were those? Yeah, I mean, really, I, you know, um, Beckville proved me wrong this week. I, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to beat two undefeated teams back, back to back, but they sure did it. I mean, that quarterback of theirs, Ryan Harris, is, um, is really good. And obviously, Norman Jean Hearn had great seasons, historic seasons, um, had great guys to go behind. Um, it was tough to see Hardy go down in that last game, um, especially at being – you know, his senior year, it's his last game that he's going to play um, to see him go down. He got hit pretty hard, as I understand, um, from Cease's story um, that he might have maybe had a concussion or it just looked like he got hit pretty hard. So that was tough to see. Um, you know, Isaiah Jones, obviously, um, you know, he, he did have three touchdowns for them. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, he did anything um, different this week, but it, it's hard to, you know, carry a team like that against Beckville, who's pretty strong as well. So, um, but it was really good to see, obviously, Norma G and Hearn should be very proud of the seasons that they had this year. Um, they were able to get pretty far. Um, yeah, so it, it's pretty exciting, you know, um, to not only know that you um, got this far in playoffs and you had these great guys, but you're also going to get a lot of them back, um, or at least Norma G will. Um, a lot of their guys are pretty young, so um, that'll be exciting for next year. For sure. Well, coming up next, uh, we are going to be talking big school ball, and then we'll be talking about the only small school left in the Brazos Valley public school, uh, Franklin, left in the playoffs with Tommy Davis. So stay tuned for our preview of College Station Magnolia West with Scott Clinton. And here we go. Welcome back. We are joined now by our good friend, Scott Clendenin. He's the voice of the College Station Cougars. 
And we're previewing this season finale between College Station and the Magnolia West Mustangs. Scott, uh, we, we were joking before you came on, but uh, here we are. This is your third time on the show. Uh, welcome back. I appreciate you having me. And, and like I said, I, I, I kind of feel like the this is the uh, Johnny Football SEC Freshman of the Week honors. You know, you do it enough that they just need to rename it for you. But I'm glad the Cougars in a position where they, you know, have some more season, season in front of them. For sure. And as, as Scott said, this, the Cougars, they've wrapped up a playoff bid. Uh, they've actually wrapped up the number two seed in District 8, 5A Division One. So, Unlike last year, they're not playing for anything crazy this week, but their opponent, Magnolia West, is. Uh, they're likely going to get Magnolia West's best shot because the Mustangs, they've got to win and probably get a little help to make the playoffs, which honestly seems crazy Three, like when you're looking at it three weeks ago, considering they were on such a tear, and now they've lost three straight. I agree with you, and, and the, the craziest thing of all is – if somehow the game's played out like most people expect and who the favorites are, if somehow Waller upset Lufkin, you could have Magnolia and College Station 1-2 and then a tie between Lufkin, Magnolia West, New Caney, Porter, and Waller for the last two playoff spots. And I don't know, I have any idea how they would figure that out in the tiebreaker. If they start flipping coins, I'm going to be at that truck stop because that will be next to the Friday night lights coin flip, the greatest coin flip in the history of Texas high school football. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize that those three and four spots, it could go down to that. Yeah, it could because you've got, uh, you know, you've got three teams right now at four and three. Uh, Porter is done for the year four and four and then there's Waller at three and four so uh, you know and and Lufkin you know has, has been up and down not a great football team some days you know outstanding others so you could see some kind of craziness happen like that uh, that would that would really be awesome but first off the Cougars would have to take care of business against Magnolia West to, to make that happen for sure well before we get into this game I want to I want to get your thoughts on the last three weeks since we've talked with you. We talked with you before the Lufkin game, and then College Station, they've won these three games against kind of some bottom-tier teams in the district. They've won pretty handedly. You know, where where have you seen the Cougars grow these last three weeks? Well, I think that they've established, you know, that, that they're going to be able to pass and run. I think that's the, the biggest thing of all. Uh, Jones has been established as the third running back. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Green has kind of, you know, not had as many opportunities there. So I think that, you know, you've given some of your young backs enough time, by, you know, and, and these games have given them the opportunity to run the football. But I also think that Marquise Collins, who, you know, really kind of hit a wall a little bit there against Magnolia High, really bounced back in a huge way. I mean, he had, you know, touchdowns on five straight possessions, uh, you know, against, uh, you know, an overmatched Caney Creek team. But that confidence grew there. It wasn't that, you know, that he, you know, he was he was the best player on the field when, when they did that against Caney Creek. But I think that, you know, he gained that confidence, and that's what they've needed to do is really build the confidence in this team. And, and they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Defensively, you know, you go two games without giving up a pass, 
you know, I, I don't care who you're playing, even when you're talking about going against Cleveland and Caney Creek, you're, you're playing the right way. And I think that that's what they needed to do. And then last week against Waller, they ran into a little bit of adversity and then steamrolled them from that point on. You get a big sack to turn them over on fourth down inside your red zone, one play touchdown. Uh, they, they run a first down play and then an interception on second down. Then you get another one play touchdown drive and, and it was Katie bar the door then. And I, it was good to see them have to deal with a little bit of adversity and, and really be able to respond to that. And then, you know, I think that you see that some of the teams in this district that, you know, get, get good records by beating up on Cleveland and, and Caney Creek. Mag West is a prime example of that. And when they run into the better teams in the second half of their schedule, that's where they run into the problems. You know, I, I, the, the Cougars been able to, to handle the best of both worlds. Yeah, you know, Scott, you mentioned kind of the Magnolia game there early in the season just to start district. I was at that game. Obviously, you know, we saw there that the offense was really – I mean, now, if you look at it now, the offense is completely different. You mentioned they're bringing in the run game and the passing game a little bit more, whereas that Magnolia game, you really – it was hard for anybody to get anything going. Huff, Huff had a hard time, you know, getting a rhythm with his arm. And then you had Collins and Brown who, who struggled a little bit in that game. When you look back at that Magnolia game, the first game, um, is it kind of like the, the game that got away, you know, when you're looking at how well College Station has done um, the rest of district? I, I think so, Abigail, because – you know, they, they had the opportunity there. You know, Tim Schnettler and myself at halftime were like, this could be, you know, 27 to nothing, 31 to nothing. If things had gone the way you had the ball in inside the red zone that many times and don't, and don't give up anything, I'm going to give credit to Magnolia. They had the same thing against Mag West. Mag West had three trips in the first quarter inside the 20-yard line, and they didn't get any points at all. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, how Magnolia's been able to win some football games, hang around long enough that their offensive line and their rushing attack really, you know, steamrolls you. So I think that they learned from that point in time. They also had some guys that were out on injury in their offense and defensive lines. I think that, you know, they've been able to, to have some of their other guys come on and, and, you know, not only provide, you know, valuable backup time, but I also think that it's given them the opportunity in the defensive front to go to an even front which they don't play very often, but against some of these rushing, uh, you know, running attacks, they were able to go to a four-man front and really, you know, then stymie the offense that, that was going against them. And I think that's been a big key is, as this has gone along is improving that depth and getting some guys ready if you do have to have those mid-game changes because going from an odd front to an even front is a big deal for College Station High School. They're able to do that now. Now, looking at this week, obviously, Magnolia West, and then you kind of go into playoffs, um, looking and see who they're, who they're going to play and host. But um, this week, what do you think the key is just to continue their growth, uh, you know, offensively and defensively before well, they get to the playoffs? I, I think so. And I think that one of the things about, you know, Mag West right now is they're having trouble stopping people. And, and they've got to get in shootouts. And, and interesting enough, Bilbo – didn't play last week, and they had to go to their backup running attack, and they only had 109 yards on 23 carries. This is a team that was averaging over 200 yards a, a, a game on the ground. So if Bilbo is still injured, that really affects them, and then they had to go to the pass. Now, 
Uh, Brock Dalton has been very, very good this year. He leads the district with 2,300 yards. You know, he padded those stats a little bit in that 97 to nothing win against Caney Creek. But I still think that, you know, they're an offensive-minded club. Caney, New Caney last week ground them up. And, you know, we went – you know, you were in the, in the booth with us when we were doing that New Caney Creek. Well, Sanders played, and uh, Resciano, who we only saw for a little bit, who got knocked out of the game by the Cougar defense – they combined for 520 yards of rushing offense between the two of them and scored six touchdowns. So if Mag West is having trouble slowing down the rushing attack, the, the ability to get Brown, Collins, and Jones going for the Cougars, that, that gives them a chance to keep the ball away from that offense and have success going down the field. I think that would be a big key for the Cougars this Friday night. You know, the last two years, this game has been so interesting. Uh, two years ago, the Cougars, they kind of let it get away from them over in Magnolia. Last year, they had to win to make the playoffs. You know, it, it's, it seems like it's, kind, it's got some similar shades this time around with Magnolia West having to win in order to even have a shot at making the playoffs. You know, is, is, this, is this turning into a game that you just don't know what's going to happen? <laughs> I think so. And I think that, you know, how did they respond? Because they were playing Mag Magnolia. It's, it's the, you know, it's the Magnolia bowl. The, everything is on the line. They're undefeated in district play. Both of them are ranked in the top 10 in the greater Houston polls. And now you're sitting here trying to make the playoffs. You've lost three in a row. What is their psyche over there? This was building toward a season where they wanted to be the one or the two seed. And now you're battling for the playoffs. And I, I think that's put them in a, in a pretty interesting spot. And especially if they've got some injuries. Bilbo's a really good running back. And he's been good against the Cougars both of those games. So I think that that's a big key is seeing how healthy they are. Because if they can't balance up their attack, and, you know, even though they've had, you know, Collins and, and Crappie have combined for 17 touchdowns, those two guys have not run up game in and game out against the kind of secondary that the Cougars are putting out there. So, I, you know, that's going to be a, a, you know, are they healthy and what is their mindset to try to make the playoffs? I think that the Cougars showed last year they did get healthy and they had a great mindset because of the winning tradition that the Cougars had. You and I were talking earlier, you know, I know it's three weeks down the line. They would probably still have, you know, the Cougars are second place, probably have to play Sherman. The College Station has the opportunity to play four different teams ranked number one at the end of the season in Class 5A. I don't think that's been ever done. You know, Lamarck and Stephenville, yeah, one of those was one and the other one was two, and they played each other, you know, year after year after year. I don't think any team has ever played four different number one teams four straight playoff years. So I think that that was what, you know, way on down the road, but it's been that kind of, uh, you know, region two and then going back to the state championship team when Alito was number one, and this is a tough region, but the Cougars showed last year in this game that they were ready to go in the playoffs. And quite frankly, Marvin Mims has been the best player I've ever seen go against the Cougars. He had to have a great game to knock the, the Cougars out last year when you're talking about that, uh, that good Frisco Lone Star team that was number one in the state. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of alluded into my final question for you. Think, think, Things get a little interesting when you're looking at District 7, 5A1 right now. It, you, you said it, it's almost certain that College Station is going to play Sherman next week. 
they have to get past a pretty bad West Mesquite team this week in order to wrap up that third seed in the district. It is certain that College Station will host a playoff game next week. But, you know, knowing what Magnolia West has to do this week, and they're a playoff caliber team, you're going you're going to see a good Sherman team next week probably. Um, you know, how's this kind of building up to a potential second round game against number one Denton Ryan? And you've got guys that they've been around the program when the Cougars won state. They've been around when the Cougars almost beat Highland Park and almost beat Frisco Lone Star. How's that building up to, okay, here we go again. They've got a they've down the line, there's this chance that they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get past Denton Ryan almost certainly if they're gonna keep going. Well, you're exactly right. And then I look at the, you know, the class 5A polls. Region who has Denton Ryan, Highland Park, Lancaster, Longview, and Frisco Lone Star. So region two is the region of death. That doesn't include Magnolia and College Station. So, I mean, you're talking about five teams right there that could go out and any of them, including College Station and Magnolia, can go out and win a state championship out of region two. So I think that you know, it, the best is going to rise to the top. I like the fact that the Cougars have to play Mag West this week, that they're not rolling in off the three games in a row against Caney Creek, Cleveland, and then Waller. I think it's better that they have that tough test, you know, against a team that's going to be hungry and fighting for their playoff lives right before they, they go into the playoffs. So basically, they're playing a playoff game this week. It's a playoff game for the opponent, and then you're already ready to go. I think that, you know, that's where College Station really has built it up the last two years. Last year, talking about the Mag West game, the playoffs started that Friday night for the Cougars, and then they were able to not just make the playoffs, but then turn around and get the two seed because they won and host John Tyler. So, I mean, it, you know, that's how, you know, these districts have been the last couple of years. And I think that the Cougars knowing they're in just gives them a chance to get ready play their best game against Mag West, and then get ready for Sherman in the first round of the playoffs. You know, one question that just came to my mind, how beneficial is it that College Station is going to get to host Sherman instead of having to drive almost to Oklahoma to exactly. play that game? I, I, you're exactly right. And I think that, you know, uh, you know, the longest trip that the Cougars have made, you know, they've gone to San Antonio and they've gone to Arlington, you know, and that – that was great. Having to go through DFW and then go on up to Oklahoma, completely different situation. I think Sherman's a little bit more prepared for that because they do make that, you know, that district is so spread out. I think they're, they're probably used to it. So travel, you know, might not be as, a, you know, have as much effect on them as it would be for the Cougars. Because, I mean, basically you've been in this region or you've gone to Waco ISD Stadium to play, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I get to see another game in Waco ISD Stadium this year. So, you know, I think that it would be – it is very beneficial. And you skipped Highland Park and you skipped Longview. So, I mean, you've taken care of your business to put you in the position. It was a long time ago before Magnolia that I start talking about being first or second in this district and missing those two teams in District 7. The Cougars put themselves in a position and won that spot in, in, as a two seed. Now they need to continue to play the kind of football they've played, you know, since Magnolia 
if, if they play like they did against Lufkin, if they play like that against Mag West, they'll have a whole lot of confidence when they play Sherman. Sure. Well, Scott, Abigail, I think I think that's all we got. I think we covered everything. <laughs> but well, I appreciate it. Also, I know fans out there, some might have been listening. Uh, Kyle Walsh, who was injured at the end of that game, I think we've seen it on a Twitter from the family that that you know he's he's recovering. Uh, it was a very you know different and difficult situation, not really being able to talk about a player injured on the sideline like that. Uh, Tim and I tried to handle it the best we could, but the great news is that he, you know he's well on the road to recovery. And you know if you go to uh, Twitter to the College Station Cougar Athletic Twitter site, you can see. Uh, the response from the Walsh family about his recovery. And we just pray for him and hope that he gets better soon. Absolutely. That is, that is wonderful news that Kyle's doing well. Thoughts and prayers go to him. He is a great kid and he's got a great family. So thanks for giving us that update, Scott. All right. Thanks guys. Hey, and before we go, how can, how can people tune in this week to listen to the game? All right. Well, we'll, we'll have the, the, the streaming feed, uh, you know, and we'll also be on Maverick 100.9 FM. 6.30 will be our pregame. The kickoff's at 7 o'clock, and it's senior night. So that'll be exciting as well as, uh, you know, this group of seniors that's played so well this year, another bridge group uh, between the future of, of uh, College Station Cougar football and, and a terrific past. You know, they've added to the legacy. It's going to be great to honor those seniors on Friday night there at Cougar Field. All right. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Abigail. Thanks, Alex. Thanks. Bye. And coming up next, we're going to be joined by Tommy Davis previewing Franklin's regional final against Buffalo. All right. Joining us now on the Brazos Sports Preps cast, we've got Tommy Davis from KMVL Radio 100.5 out of Madisonville. He'll be on the call this Friday. Uh, for Franklin Buffalo. Abigail will be up there in Waco too. And so, Tommy, thanks for joining us today on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alex. Well, we've got a big game this Friday here in Waco, uh, a rematch, District 13, 3A Division Two game between Franklin and the Buffalo Bison. These two teams, they met earlier this season in Franklin ran away with it. The Lions, they had 666 rushing yards. And so, Tommy, first off, you know, what what have you seen from Franklin thus far and through this playoff run that they're having? Franklin, you know, you kind of get what you, you expect with Franklin. They're going to line up and try to most of the time just try to run it, run it at you and run it over you and wait for you to, to make a mistake and take advantage of it. You know, with Franklin's offense – uh, it's it's run run run. This year they've they've kind of started throwing in some passing a little bit, a little more often than last year. But the thing I've noticed with Franklin is, if you miss one assignment on defense, they're gone 60 yards down the field for a touchdown. Uh, they can score. You know, one thing we look at with Buffalo is they everybody talks about how Buffalo's offense is. Well, Franklin's averaging more points on offense than Buffalo is this year. Uh, so they they've got a good offense. They've got a good defense too. Yeah, you know, um, Tommy, we obviously the last time Franklin played Buffalo, they, you know, Buffalo gave them a little bit of a run for their money in the beginning there, and then Franklin kind of took it in at the end. Um, you mentioned they have a good quarterback in Brett Huffman and things like that. Um, how bad do they want to win this game? I mean, the only 
loss that they have this season is to Franklin. Now they get to meet them in the back in the playoffs. Uh, you know, uh, what about Buffalo? How, how, how big do you think this is for them? It, it's huge. I don't think that they've been this far in their history, uh, best I remember. I think last year, year before last, they went – I don't think it was – I think it was maybe last week was their last uh, – the farthest they've been. Um, but a lot of these kids that are – the Hoffman kid, the Bashirs kid, there's three or four kids on that team that I coached in Little League Baseball when they were from eight years old to about 12 years old. Uh, a lot of talent on that team. Uh, they're doing they're doing great things, and it's, it means so much not only to them but the organization as well, the high school, um, to get out of Region 3 into the state semifinals. It's huge for them. And so, you know, looking at this game, we, we, know, how, we know how the first game went. Uh, we, we've seen how these two teams, they've really progressed. Buffalo got past Rodgers last week in a very tight ball game. You know, these two teams are familiar with each other. Tommy, I'll start with you. What do you think is maybe some keys for Buffalo this time around to try and get a victory? Yeah, if you're Buffalo, you've got to make a stop. You know, the first two time, first time these two teams played, uh, Franklin was stopped twice in that game. Once was an interception right before the half, I believe, and once was at the end of the game where they punted it away when it was 69 to 38 or something like that. It was it was well out of reach. But if you're Buffalo, you've got to have some defensive stops if you're going to stay in this ball game, uh, and that's something that not many people have been able to do against Franklin. Gotcha. And Abigail, I'll turn it to you. You know, what, what do you think are some keys for Franklin to keep things rolling? And they've really seemed to improve on defense the last couple of weeks too. Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't think we can necessarily count out Buffalo for this one either. I mean, last time Huffman, he had a great game. He threw three touchdowns, I believe. He had a lot of yards. Um, so they still need to kind of do that again this, this, um, this week. Their defense needs to be on top of things. They need to contain him, contain that offense a little bit. But I think because, only because the offense is so strong, Franklin's offense is so strong, um, they have so many guys to run for them, um, that it's going to be maybe kind of all eyes on defense this week and see um, how well they are able to contain um, a Buffalo team that, you know, like Tommy mentioned, is really going to want to win this, um, especially since they lost the first time around. Um, so I think that's going to be really big for Franklin. Obviously, their offense, we know what they can do. They've done it every week. They did it last week against Lexington. Um, and this could be another chance for them to be, you know, the same team twice in a season, uh, which is not normal <laughs> for anybody. But um, they, they, they might be able to do it this weekend. Yeah, I remember last week, Coach Fannin, looking ahead at that Lexington game, he told he was telling his team that the hardest thing to do is beat a team twice in the same season. And now they're going to have to do that two weeks in a row if they're going to go to the state semifinals. You know, Tommy, what are you really looking for from Franklin this week? Well, from Franklin, pretty much the same thing. You know, just prove that you can stop us. They've got 10 or 12 guys that they can hand the ball off to, and they've done that all season. And the thing is, you don't really think about it, but those guys are fresh now in the playoffs. Instead of getting 20, 25 carries a game, that same guy's getting maybe 10 carries a game. And now that the playoffs are here, they're all, they're all fresh. They're not, you know, they're not injured. They're not hurting from the season, carrying the ball 20, 25 times. Uh, Franklin's just going to line up and try to run it down your throat and wait for you to make a mistake. They may throw a, you know, a pass here and there every once in a while, try to keep you honest. But for Franklin, it's going to be, here we are, you know, prove that you can stop this. And until they do, until Buffalo does, I don't see Franklin doing anything different. 
for sure. And Abigail, if I'm not mistaken, you've got, you've got a feature story on uh, the Franklin Lions coming out this week. Is that right? Yeah, I do. We're talking about that run game of theirs that they're so famous for. <laughs> um, you know, I got a chance to talk to, you know, a, a, a lineman. Um, I got a chance to talk to, to Bryson Washington as well, Coach Bannon. Um, yeah, you know, like Tommy mentioned, they're not really changing much. I mean, they don't have to. Uh, when, you're, when what you're doing is working, why change it? Um, you know, Coach Fannin mentioned to me, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> and they don't plan on doing that. Um, you know, he said that they've, they're, they've been running the same offense since, you know, he played in the 90s. Um, so they're just going to keep doing that this week, and they're pretty successful at it. Um, I believe they have about 4,000 rushing yards a season, maybe even more than that. So, um, so, yeah, it should be pretty good, but look out for that in Friday's paper. And Tommy, one last question I got for you. You know, Franklin, it's their first year under Mark Fannin. Obviously, he's no stranger to that part of town. He played for the Lions. He's been an assistant there for a long time. But what what, what do you think it says about the Franklin program for them to just kind of have a seamless transition? And here they are playing for a chance at the state semifinal. Well, one thing, the first thing you look at is what, what Mark has done or hasn't done coming in as new head coach to change things up. And it, it had, he hasn't changed much. So, for the kids, making that transition was very easy. They're used to the same thing they're doing, and Mark hadn't, you know, he hadn't varied from that enough to where it, it goes, gets in their minds. Uh, they're, they're doing the same thing they've been doing and just adding a little bit here or there, uh, but it's, it's a seamless transition for the, for the Lions, and, and they've proved that. You know, they're, they've only been, I think, this far one other time. That was maybe, I think it was five years ago when we called the state championship game with Franklin maybe 2015. Awesome. Well, Tom, Abigail, you got anything else for Tommy? No, I think that's it. Gotcha. Well, Tommy, before we let you go, how can people tune in to the radio broadcast on Friday for those who can't be there in person? Uh, we're going to be on 100.5 FM. That's out of Madisonville. Uh, if you're not in the listening area, you can stream along with us at kmvl.fm. No, kmvlfm.caster.com. Dot FM. So kmvlfm.caster.fm is the stream. Awesome. Well, everybody, be sure, be sure to tune in to Tommy's call of the game and be sure to look out for Abigail's story on Friday, previewing uh, the big matchup Friday night in Waco. Well, Tommy, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, guys, I enjoyed it. Awesome. And coming up next... We're going to look ahead at some more action here in the Brazos Valley here in week 15. Here we go. Our last segment of this week's show. Uh, let, let's touch on our private schools, Abigail. Um, Brazos Christian, they were eliminated last week by Shiner St. Paul. So congratulations to the Eagles on a successful season. Tough to see them exit. They lost to uh, St. Paul. St. Paul for the second time this season, but we still got two local teams in the playoffs down in the TAPS six-man ranks. It's the they're, they're, it's the state quarterfinals. They're looking to go to the state semifinals. I have my notes wrong. Um, <laughs> we got Allen Academy. They're favored, not by much, but they're favored over Our Lady of the Hills in Division Two action. They're looking to clinch their second straight state semifinal appearance, and then St. Joseph's They've been off for three weeks due to COVID, and they had a bye week of the first round of the playoffs. They're a big underdog to Summit Christian out of McKinney. 
first, Abigail, let's start with Allen. Um, what, what do you see from the Rams there? Yeah, you know, um, I think this might be one of the weeks where obviously projections and favors are never, you know, always 100% right. But I think especially for this week, um, it, it might really be out the window for Allen Academy and Kerrville. Um, I think this is going to be a really tight game. Um, I think anybody could really win. Kerrville obviously is undefeated. Um, their defense doesn't let a lot of points go by them. Um, you know, just looking at the, the schedule that they've had this season, so, um, but Allen Academy, I think, has been strong as well. Um, they've obviously had the advantage of having experience going to the semifinals um, and getting into that state tournament. Um, last year, they lost, but um, they looked really good last year, too. I think they just kind of got overcome um, in the semifinals. And when it gets down to the playoffs, it's really who, who starts off, you know, fast and early. Um, so I think that does give them a little bit of, of an advantage this week. But Kerrville's going to give them a hard time. Um, you know, they're going to make them fight for it. But um, I can imagine the, the Rams want to get back to where they were and even farther um, this year, especially after losing um, at home um, last year in the semifinals. For sure. As far as the Eagles go, you know, like I said before, they've been off for three weeks, um, but they're ready to go. I mean, I talked to Coach Castileja the other yesterday, and, I mean, they're chomping at the bit to get back on the field. It's been a historic season for St. Joe's. They beat Allen Academy for the first time and since the two teams been back in six-man together. Uh, they won their first district championship in school history. And, you know, I'm not too sure what the furthest playoff run in St. Joe's history is, but you've got to think this one's probably up there. And so, you know, I talked with Trace Brightwell and Twister Barrington. They're, they're two of 10 seniors on this team, which is quite a few for a six-man team. Um, this is a veteran squad that has come a long way. Um, and, you know, they're big underdogs to Summit Christian this week, but the Eagles are confident in their abilities. You know, I, I'm curious to see how the game goes. They're playing Friday night in Beckville. So, you know, it's the playoffs. They're well-rested. They, they've had plenty of time to prepare. All that's left to do is go out and play. <laughs> yeah, they're, you know, they're 45-point underdogs. Um, they have something to prove, obviously, with this game. Um, it'll be a big one for them if they win. Um, looking at both Cedar Park and, and St. Joe's, um, you know, defenses, in the last four games, Cedar Park has only allowed 12 points. In the last four games, St. Joseph has only allowed 14. So when you've got those two, two guys going at each other, it should be pretty fun um, to see who's going to win this game. But obviously, St. Joe, um, just looking at that 45-point that favorite, um, it's going to have a lot to prove this, this Friday. For sure. Well, Abigail, I think that is it. Brian, hi. They're off this week. They have wrapped up the regular season. They're going to be on the road against Cedar Hill next week in the bi-district round of the 6A Division II playoffs. So we'll throw that little nugget in there. But here we are. It's it's almost playoff time for everybody. Oh, man. We're getting there, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. And next week, I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about previewing the playoffs. 
whether it be Consol, College Station, Brian, maybe Franklin. They're playing in the state semifinals next week. Yeah. Maybe Allen St. Joe's, they're right there with them. So we'll see how this week's slate of games goes. All right, everybody. That's all the time we've got. Be sure to follow us on theeagle.com to catch up on all the latest stories, game highlights, videos, podcasts, whatever you need. We probably got it. Um, be sure to tweet us your scores at Brazos Sports. Be sure to like and subscribe our podcast uh, on Spotify and Apple Apple Podcasts. Hey, maybe maybe our podcast is in your 2020 wrapped. That'd be kind of cool. There you go. <laughs> so, all right, everybody. That's it. See ya. All right. Bye.